All right, so I'm on a date with uh, my daughter. Actually, we, we were going and we grabbed sushi last night because I want to be the sort of uh, parent that connects one-on-one with my kid, teaches them manners at a restaurant, and that's where things go arise. We start this week's Pete the Planner show. Hello, Kristen. Hello, Pete. Uh, remote episode here today as I broadcast live from my porch the thing is it's can i get obnoxious before i continue the story about eating sushi with uh, my daughter i would expect nothing less yeah which also is obnoxious um it's it's on the side of our house so technically it's a courtyard but i didn't want to (laughs) say broadcasting live from my courtyard you know what i mean wow okay that's why i didn't say it that's why i didn't want to bring it up Okay, well, okay. <laughs> James on vacation. I believe he's uh, on a Rocky Mountain high. Is that right? Is that what he? Is that where he is? is? Are those the Rockies? No, maybe that's not where he is. Wait, it's Rockies, Colorado, know. right? I don't know. I don't know anything about geography. Okay. Um, so continuing the story, we're having sushi and we're talking. We're having a good time. You know, we're just chatting up and... Uh, a couple is sat next to us. It uh, comes in. They, age doesn't matter to me, right? Age is just a social construct. Yet these people have been on the earth at least thirty to forty years longer than me. I don't know. <laughs> doesn't matter. They're a couple. You can tell they've spent some time together. Uh, uh, my daughter and I give them a nice nod, and they whip out their phones. Right? They whip out their phones, and they're Perfect. just like it looks like a, a middle school date. Both people are on their phones. They're not talking to each other, and I'm like. Okay, cool. Maybe after that long of being in a relationship with someone, you don't you don't have anything to say, right, Kristen? You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're out of words. So Ollie give, gives me this look. My daughter gives me this look. She says, uh, "She's like, yeah, you thought I was bad with my phone," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." So then, all of a sudden, at full volume, and I'm not talking like you know 2004 phone volume, full volume. I'm talking 2023 latest technology full volume the woman is playing candy crush at full volume in this quiet sushi restaurant (laughs) and it is intense then her companion dare i say her lover he sorry that's too much sorry (laughs) sorry too far he begins audio on his phone and he's on he's he's on tiktok He's on MAGA t- TikTok, MAGA TikTok, <laughs> and he is knee deep in conspiracy theories as I'm trying to deal with some unagi on my chopsticks. And, you, you know, I, 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 we got done with the meal, which became incredibly unenjoyable at that point because it was so loud. It was cacophonous, cacophonous, cacophonous. Is that the word I'm going with? It was with? a cacophony. I, there it is. Yeah just competing candy crush versus MAGA TikTok, And I'm just trying to talk to my 14 year old daughter and we leave. And, and Ollie's like, I thought you were going to say something and I'm really glad you didn't. And I'm like, oh, well, oh. I'm, you know, I didn't want to, but i almost feel like I had Have you ever been in that situation. Yes. And is that better or worse than when someone to pilot Jeremy's comment, when someone does that on a plane, <laughs> That's a good question. I like here. And let's let's say we do have uh, certainly um, 
people in our audience that that are hearing impaired and and so the idea that you've you got to use speakerphone because it's a tool to communicate totally get that but i would assume that's the exception to the rule right um i'm generally against sharing audio with the people uh yeah Christy, you know, last week on the show, I played audio of what I listened to when I sleep and it was like uh, vintage oscillating fans. And, and I definitely got some feedback on that. Um, I believe that because I listened to the podcast back while I was working out yesterday. And I was like, this is horrible. So I, I believe there was uh, some feedback there. <laughs> so now as we've transitioned into the hotness, hotness is not a vibe, really just the summer. My room's crazy hot. So I went downstairs in the basement and found a giant box fan, an old box fan. And I've now positioned it right off of my head. And it is blasting mm -hmm. at full bassy volume, blowing cool wind upon me. And so it's a whole new vibe when I'm sleeping at night. Why don't you like Turn down the air. I don't something. look. I don't know how any of this works. All right, Kristen. Here's here's what's going to happen today. Since we are broadcasting live from my courtyard, <laughs> at any point of time, landscapers could. I'm just kidding. At uh, any point in time, there could be various uh, delivery vehicles, garbage trucks, uh, dogs barking, and so I just want to let everyone know that. Oh, okay. Hopefully, and by fast. dogs barking, I do mean, you know, AKC champion dogs barking. You know, oh I'm my own word. <laughs> if there's I'm dogs just... barking, if my dogs happen to bark today, which knock on wood, we'll just get to blame you. So this is perfect. Uh, all right. So here's what we got. We got three segments plus Boam and news today. First segment, we're going to talk about what a terrible week for people who have student loans. Possibly one of the worst weeks ever. Uh, second, we're going to answer uh, a question via email uh, about a housing situation gone awry from a tax perspective. And then finally, is it even possible to buy a home again for renters? Is that is that the setup on that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, that's good. Okay. All right. Is that even possible? That's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's. Let's do this. Oh, I forgot. I got to set time. Oh, this is going to be a little harder because I don't have my studio. Oh boy. oh, boy. Can you use the time on the live stream? I could, but I have to document when it is. Okay. I'm good. Can you also keep an eye on it in case the old man gets forgetsy? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com, and we will answer your questions on the air by we. I mean, Kristen Elanius, Director of Education at Your Money Line and I. Hello, Kristen. Hello, Pete. Do you hear the ambient sound of our first remote episode of the pete the planner show in nearly 15 years yeah no i'm remote you know some weekend shows sometimes they're like the home and garden show or the the new opening of a, a t-mobile store well i'm on my <laughs> porch because it's nice outside and so uh, this is a remote so you will hear ambient sounds you will hear squirrels frolicking you may hear poodles yipping you may hear a garbage truck i don't know but that's how we're doing it here today Kristen, how's your life 
It's going well. Uh, things are on the mend. My internet is back. My dryer works. Just we're good. Man, it sounds like some home ownership nightmares, which we can touch on more in the second and third <laughs> segment. However, first, just because you've had a good week doesn't mean people with student loans have had a good week. Kristen, I will go down and say, I believe as of yet, this past week was possibly the worst week ever for people with student loans as two pretty definitive pieces of news came out. One, uh, the Senate said, uh, no, we're, we're not going to do the student loan forgiveness thing, President Biden. Uh, now there's talk that he is going to then reverse their thing. But but again, bad, bad news, bad, bad news. news for student loan borrowers. If you thought you would have $10,000 of student loans forgiven or 20000 with Pell Grants, it's looking less and less likely. And that was a hotness in the fall. Do you remember, Kristen, when everyone was very excited about that? Oh, I do remember that. You and I did so many news spots and articles mm. and just talking it to death about it, it finally happened. It finally happened. And it just feels like, one, as a student loan holder myself, it's it, it's defeating. And two, it also feels like, honestly, a little bit of wasted effort. We spent a lot of time covering that and helping people understand it. And it might have all been for nothing. Yeah. And the other aspect of this is the debt ceiling. And you could argue that's related. I mean, if they're trying to cut spending in, in, in many respects, you could you could argue they're connected. But as part of the debt ceiling, student loan repayment is going to start, uh, what, in about 60 days as soon as that thing is signed? Um, yeah. So August 30th or September 1st, is that when the student loan bills go out and are due once again? Yeah. So it's 60 days after June 30th, which I don't know how many days are in the months. I don't know how to do the thing where you put your knuckles and count. So we'll call it September 1st. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, it's funny. You you sort of half joked that you don't know how to count the months. I made a similar joke in the, a newspaper article once, and I got the nastiest letter from a person it was just joking, right? It was sort of like, ah. And the guy was like, I can't believe they let people write in newspapers that don't even know how to do those simple things. And I was like, it's a joke, Steve. Calm down, oh, right? Anyway, um, so here's what here's what this means. It means after some 40 months, people who have not been required to make a student loan payment are once again going to be required to make a student loan payment. Kristen, the other element of this that's slightly derivative is, wow, um, what if you graduated from school in 2020 and you've never made a student loan payment in your entire life, and you've set an entire lifestyle over the last three years, that's going to be a nightmare. If you're 25 years old, you're in deep, deep trouble come this fall. Yeah, I think that it's really difficult to learn how to integrate a payment. It's one thing to learn how to integrate your student loan payment right after you graduate, because ideally you haven't you know, established a lifestyle. But to your point, someone could be three years into a lifestyle that feels pretty comfortable and have an average student loan balance of like 30 some odd thousand dollars. And now they have to integrate a 300 and some dollar payment into their monthly budget. It's nothing. I mean, even at a high income, it's still a monthly payment that you haven't been making for three years. It's it's hard to do. A pilot Jeremy in our live Facebook chat. We broadcast live, stream live this show Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitter Live. Pilot Jeremy says, uh, how's that recession looking? You know, when people start taking money out of the economy to make these payments, 
not only is it going to create a lot of stress, but it's going to create a, a lack of spending. And as I often point out, the New York Times in April of 2020 said one person's spending is another person's income. So Kristen, oh, no. are we going to see unemployment rise in October and November because money's getting pulled out of consumer spending? Maybe, but the reality of the other side of this is that technically your loan isn't going to go like go into to default immediately. So if someone can't quite get their payments made or if they're having trouble integrating that payment, it's not like immediately something like, yeah, their credit report is going to be affected, but there aren't super, super severe immediate consequences. So I actually think it'll be delayed. I think it could be like in the following year when people really are pushed between a rock and a hard place and they have to make that payment that we might see the increase implications of that i gotta think if if we are touching your soul today because this is your reality or you have a loved one who is is going to be dealing with this you gotta come up with something right now like you've got like 60 days 90 days to really come together with a plan and for me it's figure out what your payment's going to be like figure it out that shouldn't be that hard then save that amount of money into your savings account this month and save that exact amount into your savings account next month and then make your payment. Because if you do that, you're going to build up a little cushion. There's a little fit safe there and then you'll be right on track paying it again. Is that a fair thing to do? Yeah, I think that's very fair, but I actually would back that all the way up and say, you have to know where you have to make your payment because if you've never made a payment, you might have no, you might have a zero relationship with your loan servicer. And even if you did have an established relationship with your loan servicer, the odds that your loan transferred over the course of the last three years, I don't know what percentage of borrowers were transferred, but there was a lot of movement. You might not even know how to log in and get that information right now. So you have to do a little bit of that legwork if that's that's not something you've kept up with. If you got an email from your loan servicer and you thought, not a problem right now because I don't have a payment due, you might want to go back and look at your correspondence from them because they might not hold your loan anymore. You're just tuning into the Pete the Planner show here today, live on location from my porch. So if you're hearing ambient bird sounds, it's not something piped into the studio. It's Mother Nature herself making her voice Heard Kristen, that's a really good point because if people discover that in August and then there's a rush to get online and to, to call, that's going to be a long wait. I'd jump in line right now. I, I mean, I, I'm not kidding. This first week of June, I'd get in there right now and start getting some answers. Yeah. Hold times are usually a little bit more lengthy in this space anyway. So if the longer you wait, the more there's going to be that mad dash to your point. And the last thing that you need when you're already really stressed about something that you're not quite understanding that you know is going to have a negative impact on your month to month is to just sit there and listen to that hold music or to be transferred or just make the process easier on yourself and just kind of rip that bandaid off now and give, give your servicer a call. I hereby deputize every single listener to be obnoxious with everyone you know when it relates to student loans. Every cookout you go to, every graduation party you go to, every concert you avoid, every place you go, I want you to say, look, student loan payments are starting again. Save the first two months payments right now, then make your payment when it's due in the early fall and Hold on tight because I think 
we're going to have another little micro recession because of this. I don't think it's going to be a big one. I don't think it's going to be a long one, but I think you can expect to see GDP uh, busted up a little bit here as well. So here's what we're going to do. Coming b- back after the break, uh, we have an email from someone who hit a tax bomb. That happens from time to time, and it's a big one. $25,000 mistake with a real estate transaction. We'll talk about what we think, what we know, and so much more right here on the Pete the Planner Show, live from my porch on location. I'm Pete the Planner. Wasn't terrible. That was an excellent outro. Felt pretty it, good. It was. It led into the next segment. It mentioned the birds again. Like it was, it was very good. Jeremy notes maybe the only light at the end of the tunnel will be. Uh, end of the time we'll be correcting the out of control tipping expectations that we have somehow established sorry i would give 28 percent, but i have student loans that's caleb my man how are you good to see you i want to connect with you i i want to chat about uh your new location um also hello to listener ruth today right krista yes yes my grandmother special friend of the show uh do you call it grandma ruth what's your grandma name for ruth I call all adults by their first name, really. To like to her, I would ad- I, to her I would address her as grandma. But like when we're talking, I don't say like my grandma. Like all my friends know her as Ruth. So that's very adult of you. Do you call your doctor by his or her first name? Um, I do not call her by her first name, but I've always called my mom by her first name, and that really bothers some people. It's like she's your mom. You should not call her that. And I'm like, well, her name's also Betty. So. You had a lot of exposure to the military as well. Did you call like people with a lot of stars and things on their shoulders? Did you call them by their first name? No, no, I did no, I'm, not. I'm, okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> That's touche. Good, good, good call there. Okay, so I had like a massive flashback when you started talking about you doing all those news hits um, in the fall. Um, okay, you need to stick with me. Uh, for like 20 seconds before you call me creepy and Ruth, this is not nearly as creepy as it sounds. (laughs) Okay. Just, just let it play out. Okay. Last night I had a dream about you, Kristen. (laughs) It's true. I'm not kidding. Go ahead. This it's worse than you thought. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. We're starting. What's worse than that? Um, I'm serious. I really did. Um, you, you won an Emmy. (laughs) for interviews you've done on tv oh and, my and everyone in our company because we're we're a nice place everyone's so excited for you oh and I you're like yeah. walking around at reunion with the emmy and but but in a humble way but you were excited yeah i was so mad in my dream you're jealous here's the thing mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> <Words just> go. <laughs> i have always wanted a local Emmy because I used to do so much local television news. And like, I was part of those news departments and we did like big pieces, like nine week running pieces. And I don't know if anyone knows how those things work, but you submit those pieces to the regional Emmys and you, you win them and they're um, no offense. News friends. They're not that hard to win. Okay. <laughs> However, don't have one. I don't have one. <laughs> and I always thought, man, I would love an Emmy. And in my dream last night, you got an Emmy. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was because of what you did with Al Jazeera on an interview. Oh, I, that is a clawback. 
I know. And so everyone was so excited for you. Everyone oh. was so excited for you. Yet, Mr. Cheerleader yeah. himself, I was so mad at you. And then I woke up this morning and it felt a little bit real. I bet. Maybe we'll maybe we should unpack that one in like group therapy or something. Because oh, there's some unresolved issues. feelings there, apparently. <laughs> I you know, when I, I used to really chase individual acclaim and, and notoriety and, and those sorts of things, certainly a lot more than I do now. Um, but I, I still have some, I have some weird deep seated resentment about what didn't happen. I thought I wanted to happen that it's, it's strange to get over, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, uh, carry, carry notes. Kristen is right. All right. I'm just close that now. No. Okay. Kristen <laughs> is right. A lot of recent graduates have no clue who their servicer even is. I'm a college financial aid coordinator. And I've gotten five calls this morning from people who graduated in the past years trying to figure out uh, what they're going to do to need to pay. Oh man, Carrie. Well, good luck. God bless uh, financial aid coordinators, right? No kidding. And God bless Carrie. She's a big Purdue fan. We had a good week this week, Carrie. Yes, we did. Oh, cause, cause the guy didn't go to the NBA. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. I know. Anyway. Hey, guy didn't chase his dreams. That's good for the he, amateur athletics. He's going to. He will. I don't know. I don't pretend to know a lot about those things. Um, okay. Let's continue with this. In uh, Oh, the question. Uh, can you read yes. the question? I suppose, yeah. Because it would help me out. I'm a... Uh, uh, on location, on a porch, and I don't have my my array of monitors that I normally have. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Uh, well, I can like give a tour of my yard if you want at some point. The courtyard. The courtyard. Um, it, 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 the courtyard. It's I'm usually stay at like a courtyard by Marriott, which I will be in one in Salt Lake City next week. But I'm the courtyard by Pete. Okay, no one cares. Um, three. Two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show on location this week as you're driving around in your car or mulching your own yard. Know that I'm in my yard. Yeah, I'm actually broadcasting from my yard today. Why? I don't know. Damien Dunn's on vacation, uh, one of our co-hosts. But fortunately, we've got uh, another one of our uh, illustrious co-hosts, Kristen Alanius, uh, Director of Education at Your Money Line. She knows everything about everything. Kristen, we got an email uh, about someone who had a housing issue, but the housing issue is really a tax issue. Can you read it to us, please? Um, I can read it to you, but full disclosure, someone is ringing my doorbell in- incessantly. <laughs> so okay, if, you go um, do that. Okay, you thank go. you. I'll, I'll deal with that. All right, so here's, I will read the question. This is, this is what happens on live radio. Uh, doorbells ring and uh, emergencies are either afoot or a very aggressive Girl Scout trying to sell dosy dos uh hello all i have a problem and would really appreciate some discussion from someone outside the situation my wife and i recently moved again you'll understand the again soon we will take advantage of the housing market and move into a house that better suited our needs money feels a little tight but we're making it work the problem We didn't know if we sold our house, we would be hit with a tax bomb. We owe about $25,000 because we moved too quickly. And now I don't know how to come up with the tax money. We're thinking of taking an auto equity loan to cover the cost. That would make our car loan 80 
months. Help. Holy cow. Okay, so there is a lot there, and I am not going to be pretend to be a CPA. I'm also not going to pretend to be uh, a real estate expert, but I do know that you can find yourself in a jam if you do not time the repurchase of a home correctly. Kristen, I just read the email. What's the fundamental issue of the why these people have a tax liability of $25,000? The fundamental issue is that selling real estate is technically a taxable event, but most of us don't think of it that way because we live in our houses long enough to exclude that gain. So if you live in your home, your primary residence for more than two years, um, there's an ownership and use test, you get to exclude up to $500,000 of profit for a married couple. So most people don't, I don't, really think think of that so they just their their timing was off and we think they got bad advice because if they're working with a an accountant and the accountant said they should be fine the accountant was wrong the accountant was wrong or maybe the accountant didn't have all of the information i don't want to totally write them off maybe they didn't know the people moved maybe they didn't quite understand the timeline there could be a lot of other factors at play here Okay, so you just bought a house. Theoretically, you've sunk a lot of uh, down payment money into it. You've got probably a small emergency fund. I'm not saying you're not financially sophisticated, but you did make a pretty weird real estate move. And so coming up with 25 grand is harder than you think. Kristen, an auto equity loan? I, like, I know some stuff. I know. I don't know if I've ever heard of an auto equity loan. I don't know if I've ever heard of it. And I think maybe it was phrasing that they were given to make it feel like it's not that big of a deal. They're basically like refinancing a car that they already own. Whether it's already paid off, I don't know, but they're taking the money back out. They're like almost like buying it and losing money in the process. I really wish I knew more about the nuance of that, but I have to assume they're immediately underwater with the car, right? I would think so. And if they're not stretching it out for 80 months, I would think at some point they would be. Uh, the other the other element of this that makes me nervous is, let's say they total the car in a car accident. There's no way the replacement value of that car is going to cover. I know sometimes there's what do we call it? Gap insurance or gap coverage mm -hmm. on a, that, that would work. There's no way they have gap coverage that has an additional 25,000 bucks. I mean, your auto equity loan should have a cap of your your vehicle's actual blue book value or whatever value they're using. So I would think that gap would cover it. But again, they're, if something happens, knock on wood in that situation, they have no vehicle and they, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see a way that that plays out even with gap insurance that I like. So what would you do if you're these people, you need $25,000 to pay the IRS. I, I assume you find your way to a payment plan, right? Find your way to a payment plan, cut your spending to make your payment. How long is a typical payment plan of the IRS? A couple years? Oh, I want to say that you can stretch it for five, but I am not well enough first in that space. If that's the case, I mean, you're talking about four to $500 a month payment. Um mm -hmm. And it, far be it for me to be like, well, that's reasonable. I mean, it's reasonable to me, but maybe it's not reasonable to them. What are some other elements? How do you come up with $25,000? Well, something that I struggled with when I first saw this question was 
what really happened here was they took $25,000 in gain that they weren't actually entitled to and put it directly into the new house. So isn't it fundamentally it's the house's debt? I mean, I, I would it's so hard to say, hey, do a home equity loan, but really that should have been a mortgage payment anyway. That's interesting, right? So the slightly higher interest rates now, they they could take a home equity loan unless they don't have enough equity to take a home equity loan. I wait, I'm I, confused. So they it's their gain, their actual gain had to be a lot more than twenty five thousand dollars. Their gain had to be like one twenty five. Yeah, and because- so. They took that. Why, why would they not just take a home equity loan? I don't understand. I yeah, I think, and maybe the maybe their debt to income ratio is not good enough. I I don't know, and the IRS isn't going to look at that. They're going to put you on a payment plan, as far as I know. And maybe there's a mix of options that works. Maybe they can't quite get a home equity loan for the whole thing. Maybe it looks like um, doing the the home equity loan and the payment plan with the IRS. I don't know that there is a solution in this case because it's so much money that gets them, if they can't afford the payment plan, which I have a little more context in this situation, they feel that the payment plan's unaffordable, then we have to come up with kind of like glue and tape and put it together the best way that we can. And maybe the answer is a combination. What's the worst thing they could do? Oh my. I don't know. What is the worst I, thing you could do? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I uh, I feel like a lot of people would go to a 401k loan pretty quickly in this situation, which isn't something we love. Mm-mm. But I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering aloud here, live on the radio, sitting on my porch. <laughs> Does that actually make sense? I don't love it, but... I don't know how many other options they have and the money is due. Um, And again, maybe it's a combination of that too. Maybe it's a reasonable monthly payment. But the other thing too is you're going to have to pay that back in your 401k. Like the money has to come out of your pocket somehow. So where does it come from? At any point, and and again, this is one of those uh, suggestions that I always uh, levy with a a soft hand. And that is to say, at what point do, do you get a gig? What what point do you get a second job and chip away that way? Yeah, this is actually, I know that this is hard and not always uh, advice that people like to hear. Um, We don't always get good feedback, but getting a gig might be the perfect solution because you know exactly how much the payment's going to be. You know how long it's going to take to pay it off. You give that second job a job. You come into the gig, like you said, the gig economy. And when it's done, then you walk away from all of it. Yeah, I think maybe the big takeaway here is other than what that person needs to do is anytime you've got if you're going to involve yourself in real estate, you do have to understand fundamental real estate laws and and, and tax rules related to real estate. Apparently, they ran this by their CPA. That didn't work out. A financial planner may or may not know that either. That's why you got to know these things. All right, Kristen, let's do this. Let's take a break. Coming up after the break. New studies suggest more than 60% of renters think they'll never be able to afford a home. What are the ramifications for that? That's next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Was it an aggressive Girl Scout? Is everything okay? Everything's fine. It was, <laughs> I don't even want to say, it's the guy who mows for our HOA. He was giving me an invoice. <laughs> Just like, wow. And my dogs, my dogs were not happy. <laughs> so, 
I didn't know what to do. I thought, you know, once somebody doesn't come to the door, but yeah, okay. no, I feel you. I mean, look at <laughs> any point during the show today, I could, my whole vibe here could go off the rails. Like my, my 14 year old daughter who is still asleep could walk through that door <laughs> in her pajamas, not knowing that we're live on the air. Oh she, man. I oh, she would resent you forever. Oh, I hope she doesn't do it. I hope she's smart enough, but I don't have faith in that. <laughs> uh, so Theodore, um, my 11-year-old, started playing the trombone this week officially. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever seen an 11-year-old play a trombone. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was a bandy. <laughs> oh, you were. So did you hang uh-huh. out with the trombonists? No, not generally, no. Um, Band is very clicky, No. <laughs> I played the drums, so that not a great instrument for a family to have to live with either. Mm-hmm. And I know they're learning. Like when my daughter started playing the violin, it was rough. And then at the end, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. But the trombone, like how do we, how do we find <laughs> beauty at some point with that thing? Uh, it's hard. It's a hard instrument to play. Who talked him into that? Was that his idea? He wanted to do it. And uh, I'll say this. I have booked a tremendous amount of business travel over the next three years. Good for you. Yeah, I'm like I'm sorry, I've got to be in uh, <laughs> Fort Wayne all week. Stay at a Red Roof Inn. Uh, yeah, that's a it's a hard instrument to learn for several reasons. So kudos to him for I don't know if he knew that he was taking on a challenge, but shout out. Builds character. <laughs> um, I'll be in Salt Lake City next week for most of the week, and here's nice. the thing about Salt Lake City: it's at altitude, so I'm instantly going to feel terrible because I get altitude sickness very quickly. Oh no. Uh, number two, it'll be a dry week for me because I'm at altitude. And if I have a beverage when I'm at altitude, it makes it even worse. So, uh, not that you need to have a drink to have a good time, but it's just, uh, it's a week of headaches is what I've got coming next week. Wonderful. But at least somebody would chat. So I don't know what that means, but Hey, it's good company. All right, let's do this whole thing. So you're going to give us some context as we get going. Yeah. You're not going to have some other landscaper ring the doorbell? (laughs) Here I was making fun of you. You were like, oh, the landscapers could come by. And then, yep, okay. Uh, Pete, I have a dear friend who's from London, and she was delighted when I told the story about the Bobby and the bus driver. (laughs) That's incredible. That was a great, I love that. Um, Oh, they limit ABV in Utah. Didn't know that, Jeremy. Thank you. Um. The chat is hopping today. I think people like the porch vibe. I think they do. Or it's because Damien's gone. We'll leave that up to viewer discretion. <laughs> uh, I sit on. I sit in this chair on this porch, usually chair angled a little different way a lot this time of year. I'll come out here after a run in the morning and drink coffee or whatever and do email at night. I sit out here. Like I'm out here all the time. And so I'm glad to welcome you into the space in my heart. I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't weird for you? I, it was a little weird, but I was also getting called out for being mean to Damien. So. Oh, we'll take more of that. We'll take more of that. Okay. Here we go. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, Kristen, you recently read an article that suggests a tremendous number of renters look at the prospects of being a homeowner someday and they say, nope can't do that uh help us understand a little bit more context from what you have read 
you actually pretty much summarized it. 66% of renters say homeownership is hopeless. So there's two different questions that they ask then. How would you rather spend your money if you're not going to own a home? And why do you feel like homeownership is hopeless? Which one do you want to start with? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I'm not sure. I want to add a third to it as well okay. is what's the best part of owning a home? Oh. You know what I mean? Because you're trying to, uh-oh, we may have our first loud sound. Excellent. Can you hear it? I cannot. We are broadcasting remote from my porch today, so we are getting ambient sounds. I don't know what's about to happen, but this could get <laughs> awkward. Uh, Kristen, why don't you go ahead and take it, and I'll, maybe I'll mute for a second. That's fine. So 66% of renters say homeownership is hopeless and they would rather spend their money. They got to answer a couple of different, um, they could pick more than one choice. So 71% said they would rather be debt free. 66% said they would rather have a comfortable retirement and 59% said they would rather own a car. So oh, those God. are things. <laughs> oh, no. oh Lord. This is all over the place. All over. Okay, let's start with the first one. They'd rather not have debt. Being debt-free. Is this a byproduct of like the debt-free movement? What is this? I don't know, but I mean, if you're debt-free outside of your mortgage payment, you can to me that's as good as being debt-free. Maybe maybe that's a naive take, but you can have a mortgage and have no other types of debt and you're you're still building equity, which I hate to say that cuz that buys into the idea that you have to own a home. But I don't know. Yeah, I, okay, so the first one doesn't pass the sniff test for me. It, really. I, it it might be a personal preference thing, but just like the math doesn't work. The second one is they want to focus on retirement? Yes. Okay, that's actually to me the number one reason to own a home. Yeah. Because you eventually won't have a payment for where you live in retirement. It makes retirement easier. That's why I'm a homeowner. Yeah, I agree with that. And then the article that we talked about last week about the percent of Americans who feel like they're on track to retire doesn't make me feel great about this. And to your point, the goal is to be mortgage-free when you retire because for most of us, that is our largest expense month to month. So having to plan for that in perpetuity just makes retirement funding that much harder. And what was the third reason? Owning a car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I trying to laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it so you do an auto equity loan on the car? Is that the... Ooh. No, we're shaming now. Let's not do that. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't, I don't think that's actually the worst answer. I, I think it's not my preference, but depending on where you live, if transportation leaving where you live is more important than how you live, I, I, I don't actually know if I have a fundamental problem with that answer. It might be the best of the three answers. Uh, given the choices, perhaps, but... Okay, so then let's talk about the why. Why do you feel that homeownership is hopeless? So again, you could pick more than one, and most people picked the same three. 78% said they can't afford a home. Okay, totally. 72% said they can't afford the down payment on a home. Totally. And 71% said the high interest rates. Huh. Okay. What? Uh, what? The okay, third the one is... Two. The third yeah, one, the third one's just a byproduct of the first two. 
Uh, I think so. And I would also say that the third one is going to clear itself up. And isn't the thing that people would, it's hopeless to ever buy a home. Like, do people not know that interest rates change? Yeah, but maybe recency bias is at play here. It it might be really hard even to talk about what is, I mean, technically we're still in a considerably low interest rate environment, but when you're coming off of what's the rate on your mortgage, like something disgusting. Yeah, two and a half. <laughs> Yeah. When you hear other people say that they locked in at two and a half and now you're thinking about signing for six or seven, that's still that recency bias, I think, is definitely a factor. Yeah, I, I, seriously, the 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 primary reason I love uh, being a homeowner and maybe the only reason I love being a homeowner is because I will eventually own it. And I, I think that is slightly absent in today's homeowner is the idea that when you buy a home, the goal is to actually own it, not to just make payments and live there. And that's why I think when people just constantly, constantly were refinancing 30-year mortgages and paying them as 30-year mortgages, it gets pretty rough. Yeah, I I agree with that. And then there were a few other statistics in the article. So nearly one in four renters say that they currently spend 50% or more of their income on rent. So obviously, saving for a down payment is really hard if you're spending 50% or more of your income on rent. And then one third actually say they just aren't interested in buying a home. What is your favorite part of being a homeowner, Kristen? I have very few favorite parts. I think my favorite part is that I can decorate it and paint it the way that I want. And I don't have to worry. And that if something's wrong, I can choose to fix it at a pace that I want. I don't have to call a landlord, but I don't love being a homeowner by any stretch. If you're just joining us on the show, I am doing one of the other good parts of being a homeowner is I'm sitting on my porch broadcasting live via remote on today's Pete the Planner show. No matter where you're listening, well, I'm talking through a microphone outside and you will hear ambient sounds, including birds, uh, a construction worker across the street that's working on a, a water line now. So that's oh, no. fortuitous <laughs> timing and kids. Uh, riding down the bicycles with helmets and knee pads because we're a very safe neighborhood. Kristen, uh, I, I think I think this is an interesting study. I think it is a byproduct of the times we live in, and I mean that with with the recency bias of the last forty months or so. I feel like this is a very twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty three study, and with student loans being a nightmare right now. And housing prices increasing and interest rates being high, I'm not actually surprised by this number. And uh, I think it could actually get worse before it gets better. And, and and not to mention something that we very rarely talk about on the show is all the private equity money and outside money going in to buy residential properties and then mm -hmm. renting them back, thus driving prices up. That I, I believe that to be a very real problem that affects a lot of communities. Yeah, I do too. And you're right. We don't talk about it that much. And speaking of that, I don't think that for a little while we've talked about the median home price. Do we know? Do you know what it is as of April of 2023? Okay. So the, the, the median home price in the United States. Okay. Mm -hmm. April don't. of 2023. April of 2023. This is where I instantly seem out of touch. Like, I, cause I, <laughs> I mean, what's worse, this or not knowing a gallon of milk? Um, I would say. I'm I'm nervous. Three seventy five. 
you're off by a hundred thousand. It's four seventy six. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Up thirty three percent since January of twenty twenty. Whoa. Yep. That's and a lot of money. It's so much. And then I think about that in relation to median income. And I think about my income related to my mortgage payment related to the median income. And I'm just like, I can't fathom when I work out those ratios, the median home price of the median income. I just don't, I can't even wrap my mind around it. This harkens back to our conversation a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, maybe on the show about dual income households. And mm-hmm. based on those prices, you almost have to have a dual income household. Yep. Or rent out a room or something. Being a single income and owning a home, I think just gets harder all the time. All right, let's do this. Let's uh, take a break. Let me go and make kick all the squirrels out of my yard. It's getting a little loud. If you just joined us, I'm remote today from my porch. I don't know why. In fact, I probably will get in trouble by my radio partners, but this is what we're doing. I made an executive decision that I'm not authorized to make. Coming back, biggest waste of money of the week and the news. Kristen compiled the news this week because Damien is on vacation. So let's see what she comes up with right after she has a terrible guess of Guam. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner show. I don't know. Could you hear a bunch of stuff that time? No. But I was, I could tell you were muting. So I was a little nervous because I didn't know how long I needed to talk. If there was like something you for real, for real needed muted, or if you were just trying to help. Okay. That's nice. You just want a little bit more luck of what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see the courtyard. Oh, so fancy. Some of us don't have courtyards. (laughs) I'm like leaning, like you're going to turn the camera. (laughs) All right. For those listening on the podcast, I just did a visual thing. Um, Danza suggests, yep, that's why it's impossible for a single lady in California making 65K can't buy a house. I feel you. I feel you. And again, I, I don't, hopefully we never portray that like home ownership is for everyone or home ownership is the mm-hmm. goal. Like, Mm-mm. I don't, I don't feel that way at all. And I think if my life was a l- different and, and maybe when our kids are out of the house, it's different. I, I don't know. Like I, I thought about this recently. Let's say, you know, you paid off your mortgage. You're not really geographically anchored anymore because your kids are out of the house. Why not sell the house and go rent in places for a little bit and just realize that cash Mm -hmm. Mm. and not have a tax bomb. (laughs) That's tough. All right. You ready for Guam and news? Yes. I have three news articles just so that, Okay, so you're saying, can you hear that plane? What is that? It's a plane. Oh, it almost sounded pilot. like... It's Pilot Jeremy! Jeremy! <laughs> Jeremy! Oh, my. What? Uh, um, I will say, so uh, we are in line with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And so that means on race day and then the days leading up, the flyovers mm-hmm. fly right over our house and it is loud. It is incredibly loud and it's very cool and uh, happens every year. It's a tradition. Um, when I lived in Arizona, I lived literally like at the airport basically. And then when I moved, I lived over the flight path and um, 
it was like dishes would regularly rattle in the cupboards. Like it's very loud. Pilot Jeremy said he was waving going over top there. <laughs> okay. Um, let's start this segment. I'm going to have to do some trickery here because I've don't, don't have all my monitors and whatnot. Okay. So here we go. It's, uh, three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is La Epe 1839 by Alex Moss Grenade Clock. <laughs> what is this? The bespoke horologist collaborates with jeweler Alex Moss on the La Epe 1839 by Alex Moss Grenade Clock. The intricate timepiece takes the form of an MK2 grenade covered in rare diamonds black mm-hmm. aluminum disc display the hours and minutes while the in-house movement ticks at 18,000 vibrations per hour same and the balance wheel is featured in front the kinetic sculpture is designed to remind us that time is fleeting time out do i have any timeouts yeah. remaining yeah you haven't used That's, any i don't think that is the grossest piece of copy i think i've ever read that's so harsh the kinetic sculpture is designed to remind us that time is fleeting the hell is wrong with those people why would you say that i to scare you into buying one i mean a grenade reminds you that time is fleeting (laughs) i don't okay time in A a pin double as a key and once pulled The time can be set and the eighth day movement can be wound. Okay, so to pull the pin on the grenade is how you wind the clock. I don't care for that. I'm uncomfortable. I'm not anti-gun or anything like that per se, but this seems a bit on the nose. It's a bit aggressive, I feel. Um, Sorry, Pilot Jeremy. There is a giant wolf spider on the chair next to me outside. I'm broadcasting outside today. It's a remote. Oh my gosh. He's it's going to kill me. It's Kristen, fun. how much would a person need to pay to buy a diamond encrusted hand grenade clock? What the heck? <laughs> I mean, I feel like the diamonds alone could be tens of thousands. So I'm going to say 75. 149,000. American halfway dollars. there. Um, oh my gosh. You'll okay, Kristen, what's in the news this week? <laughs> Young adults are taking longer to reach, quote, key life milestones, and quote, impacting finances later, analysis shows. In 2021, adults who were 21 were less likely to have a full-time job, be financially independent, live on their own or be married, or have children than their predecessors from 1980. So for those of you playing at home, financial independence is defined as having a single income of at least 150% of the poverty level, which in 2021, you would have needed to have made $19,320. So this is interesting, contextually interesting, and it tracks. I I do feel like people are really delaying life's major milestones or they're redefining what it is to have those milestones, right? Yeah, I think it's redefinition. And then in that same article, they said that nearly half of 21-year-olds are in college now compared to 31% in 1980. So you're just 
when you're talking, you're 21, you've probably pursued at least a four-year degree. If we're talking about half of young adults are pursuing a four-year degree, of course, they're launching their life at least four years later than their 18-year-old 1980 counterparts, right? Can I make a boomer comment here as the resident boomer? Yes. I'm not a boomer. I'm a, I don't know what I am, but I would also say, and I think this is a good thing, but it's also very different. When I was in my 20s. Oh, my. In the so I was in my twenties in the early two thousands. So I was twenty two in the year two thousand. So you do the math yourself. I don't people my age and at my lot in life they didn't just get up and go to Spain or they didn't get up and go to, on massive trips. I mean, you look at our coworkers where they've been uh, our twenty somethings mm-hmm. here recently. I think it's great. I think people are saying, "Look, I'm not going to go buy a house. I'm going to." travel and and see the world and enjoy my life and i think that is fundamentally different at 22 Kristen, i was married and owned a home (laughs) like so i was anchored down in more ways than one uh at age 22 (laughs) i wasn't out seeing the world like so many people do today yeah i think that's fair um and then the final statistic from that article that I thought was interesting said that in 2021, 39% of 21 year olds were working full time, but in 1980, this was nearly two thirds. So there's almost a direct replacement from full time work to college. So I don't, I don't think it's that alarming, but the the headline definitely scared me. That's for sure. Yeah, the headline almost beckons this idea that there's something wrong with right. this right like <laughs> right. there's nothing wrong with this it's a reprioritization in in some ways a good way i don't think there's any slacking i don't think there's any finding myself i th- i just think it's a reprioritization of what it is to get in the rat race and all those other things so interesting what else is in the news the eagles among the nfl teams with the most dead money this is for our coworker lisa i um if you're like me and you didn't know i knew once i read it what dead money was i didn't know that they called it this so dead money is money guaranteed to players who've actually left the team so the biggest source of dead money for the eagles is actually from fletcher cox a defensive tackle who's still on the team. He was released last year and then later re-signed. So, but he's still entitled to an extra 15 million from that. Um, and if you want to play a little guessing game, I have the other top four teams, like who has the most dead money in the NFL. Okay. Uh, when was this published? I just read the article this week. Then I got to say the Cardinals are there because they just cut Deandre Hopkins. Is he in the, is is he in there in the top three? No, no. Uh, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers because of Tom Brady's retirement. Yeah, they're number one, 75 million in dead money. And I'm going to go with Aaron, Ra- uh, the Green Bay Packers as well. The Green Bay Packers are number three, 57 million. And then right in the middle, the LA Rams, they are, they're making a run for that number one spot, just over 74 million in dead money. Uh- I like that we have a little sports report here on this show. Whether we don't talk enough sports uh, on our here financial show, I, I do agree with that. And when I saw this article, I was like, "Okay, I have got to figure out a way to to put this in the show this week." So, and shout who out to you, Lisa. I know it's a week early, Kristen, but who do you have in the Champions League final next Saturday? Who uh, who's pulling this out? I don't even. Is that soccer? It is soccer. <laughs> We have. I don't uh, even know any soccer teams. Oh God, it's about to get very loud here on our remote location as another construction crew has shown up. We're almost and they're staring at me. So this is good. (laughs) 
How you doing? He's he's looking at me like I'm doing something weird. I'm sure I have a full broadcasting setup on the courtyard in Carmel. Huge microphone. <laughs> uh, I mean, sure. I'm the weirdo. Um, anyway, it's uh, Man City versus Real Madrid. And uh, the, the hope, the hope is that maybe Man City can can pull it off again this year. Uh, Kristen, what else is in the news as we begin to wrap up the show? Uh, probably your favorite news story. Apple customers struggle to get money out of their Goldman Sachs account. Um, they, well, The Wall Street Journal interviewed this guy who tried to get money from his Apple account on um, May 15th. And the money actually didn't hit his account until this previous Thursday, which was like May 30th or 31st, maybe. And it only happened because the Wall Street Journal called for comments from them. Um, and apparently, he is not the only one who's been having trouble getting money in and out of the account, mostly out of the account, um, which means that maybe Apple Bank wasn't wasn't quite ready for launch. Um, didn't other coworkers uh, within uh, this, this show complex open an Apple savings account? They did, but I don't know if any of them were part of the um, billion dollars that was deposited in the first four days. I'm telling you, when a tech company who is not a bank says they're a bank, you're going to have <laughs> problems. You yeah. just are. Uh, this is not surprising. It's, it's, no. uh, it is my favorite story because it proves me right, but it is also my least favorite story because people are financially wounded by that. Uh you know, that's the trade-off of having really high interest rates is that maybe there's not the infrastructure to support uh, withdrawals. And so that that is certainly frustrating. I hope if you were listening right now and you have made a deposit into a high-yield savings account of some sort that is uh, unorthodox, to say the least, be smart about when you need to make a withdrawal. Withdraw it a little bit sooner than you think mm-hmm. so you have the money and time to deal with your life. That's all the time we have for this week's show. So some sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner show. How loud is it right now? It's not. Man, I mean, I got a dirty look from someone who's like, why am I getting a dirty look? I am a a homeowner. I am a homeowner. (laughs) On my own courtyard. Let's see what's going on here. I'm turning the. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, there's my daughter. Yes. Come on the show. You're oh, in your pajamas. No. There she is. <laughs> oh, that would have been a nightmare for everyone involved. 11 a.m. I'm on the radio right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Get your life together, girl. Okay. Sorry. That was great. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, I'm going to go. I got things to do. Uh, sorry, Jeremiah. Dame's back next week. Kristen, uh, I will be back from Salt Lake, and so I will be well salted, ready to go. I don't think I'm going to be here next week. Jeez, there's that this week that bad that you're just like, I'm done or what? <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Uh, no, I think I switched it for a different Friday. Dame's not here, so I haven't like officially, officially been like, hey, Bumblebee, Bumblebee, Bumblebee. Did you see that, that will- thing? I did. I, that will be clipped for Instagram. If it's it's a bit, it's not going to sting you. I don't know. I don't know him and where he's from. I don't know him. You're, he's you're from repping Carmel. the wrong set. You're repping the wrong set. That was oh. that was like a gang culture reference. Look at him. Oh my gosh, he's the this size like, of a Volkswagen bug. What? This is like okay, the time that go. you. Tra- okay, bye. <laughs> my life is in danger. Uh, 
Stay getting money. Stay getting honey. <laughs>